Hey there, it's Carolyn. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to tell you about a brand new challenge that we have starting over in the Homestead Kitchen membership really soon. This one is all about making your very own herbal oils and culinary oils and cosmetic oils and turning them into salves and balms for your herbal medicine cabinet. If you're interested in joining me for the Herbal Oils and Salves Challenge, then go to homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Again, that's homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Hey you guys, this is Josh and Carolyn with Homesteading Family and welcome to this week's episode of the Pantry Chat Food for Thought. This week we're going to be talking about building up your food storage, so starting to create a larder. This week's episode of the Pantry Chat is brought to you by BCS Two Wheel Tractors. Now you may have already heard of the legendary versatility of BCS two-wheel tractor for small farms and homesteads. We love ours here on Riverbend. It's the most efficient and time-saving choice for a small acreage. Building raised beds with a rotary plow attachment, mixing in soil amendments with the power harrow, and shredding cover crops in place with a flail mower. But a BCS two-wheel tractor is more than just a gardening tool. BCS powers more than 40 high-quality PTO-driven attachments, each with the power and performance of an all-gear drive transmission. Blow snow with the BCS's snow thrower. Chip and shred limbs and sticks with a chipper shredder. Clean up your property with a pressure washer. Haul up to 1,100 pounds, including yourself, with the ride-on utility tractor. And even spread compost over 30-inch beds with the spreader attachment. Yep. BCS is pretty much the Swiss army knife of power equipment for your homestead. Check out bcsamerica.com to see the full range of tractors and attachments and find your nearest BCS dealer today. That's bcsamerica.com. This week, we're going to be talking about building up your food storage. So starting to create a larder, a, Mm -hmm. a supply of food. And this applies to you not only if you're homesteading, but wherever you're at. Even in a totally urban environment, you can build up food security for cost savings, uh, for being prepared, yeah, uh, for better health, a whole lot of things. Uh, lots so, of good reasons. So this there. is a great topic, no matter where you're at. Yeah. But uh, before we get to that, yeah, well, what's hey? If you want to skip out on the chit chat, check the timestamps in the description, yep. and you can skip right on ahead to the main topic that you just introduced. Absolutely. So, <laughs> what's going on? Um, pumpkins. Pumpkins are going on mm-hmm. a lot right now. We are uh, starting to use up some of the pumpkins. We still have quite a few here. We brought in quite a few pumpkins from the garden this year. We have a couple different varieties yeah, okay. of my favorite, favorite pie pumpkins. Um, is that if the you, luxury pie? The luxury pie is one of pie my growing place. favorite. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one of our so long good. term. We've stuck with that variety for a very long time. Luxury pie. If you have not grown your own pie pumpkins, 
and you're used to just seeing those things at the store or buying those little ones at the store, you might be surprised because if you get a really good variety of pie pumpkin, for us, luxury pie is done really well, mm -hmm. um, they can actually be very sweet and you need to decrease the amount of sugar in recipes. So I really like that because you can, you can use less of a sweetener and have really good pumpkin pies. And that means we get it for breakfast sometimes. Sometimes we get I breakfast. like that. Yeah, pumpkin yeah, custard for breakfast. Yeah. That is in that. The breakfast casseroles. The breakfast casserole it? download. Yeah, it's a free download ah, on I some think of it's in Carolyn's. Uh, I hope it's in there. If it's not in there, uh, recipes. Kick us. And we'll <laughs> Better add it. Make we'll, it six. We'll put it in there. Yeah, that's a, that should be but in But look there. at this. This is going to come out as a how to in the next few weeks. This is a pumpkin spice dehydrator cookie. Oh, it's like pumpkin leather, no, I got, but it's pumpkin spice. You want I got a tester, but got, I didn't get it with the coconut on the top, and it's it. like eating a little bit of pumpkin pie, but it's in a healthy leather form. Isn't Whoa. that good? Like, and shelf-stable, so you can wow. carry this. Great snacks for kids. Very good. And it uses maple syrup instead of any sugar. So we Woo. really, really like that. Wow. And again, if you're using your own good pumpkins, you can decrease even the maple syrup. That was really great. good. I'm Isn't sorry, that but that means we need to get <laughs> the tea out. We've the got tea. tea brewing today. Yeah, we got a special one today. This is um, Persnickety Peach Chai from Farmhouse Teas. Well, really, yeah. If you guys haven't gotten any of their teas yet, you have to go check that out. Yep, Farmhouse Teas, CM. This is yeah, great. really good. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so I've been dealing with pumpkins and cooking on the wood cook stove. Those go well together. They go really well together. Yeah, really, yeah, good together. really good. So um, that's me. What have you been doing? Winter prep. Um, we are still basically just getting settled in. Yeah. For winter, finishing up some work on the barn, uh, getting in our wood shavings that we'll use for bedding in the barn. Mm -hmm. And uh, we still have some winter prep on the garden that got put to the side. So we're trying to finish that up, getting all our beds Ooh, uh, amended and uh, mulched and ready for spring. Mm -hmm. Hopefully going to get to rebuilding a bean tunnel. A lot of oh, you guys yeah. have asked for how to on that. And I actually put them too close together and a couple other technical things. And so I want to move one and redo it. And I'm hoping to use that opportunity to um, create a video for that. So we'll see if not this fall to spring, but I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get to yeah. that soon as, as we're getting the garden ready for spring. And mm -hmm. Just a lot of really getting ready for winter. With that, getting ready for hunting. I'm excited about uh, that. Yeah, Taking a little season. bit of break. Things mm -hmm. are starting to slow down. And I get out, do a little hunting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hopefully putting some venison in the freezer. Though, this is the first year here I'll be hunting. So, okay. uh, it's a new area for us. So, we'll see. Good. See how we do. Yeah, you'll do great. Yeah. That'll yep. be good. Now, I don't think we've talked about how we got new chickens. <clears throat> That's right. We've got new baby chicks. Egg layers. Egg layers. 50 of them. It seems a little... Uh, um, counterintuitive. Counterintuitive, thank you, to be buying your egg-laying chicks in the fall. But if you really want to get the best production out of your egg layers, you want them coming into their first lay season the right at the very, very beginning of spring, late winter. S especially for those of us in a, in a northern <coughs> climate. Me. Yes. Yeah. Right. So this is to get the best use of our eggs. And one thing I'm excited about, mm -hmm. I haven't talked about this much, but I'm working on a whole permaculture barn Oh, yeah. Precept really of integrating neat. a lot of systems mm -hmm. in the barn. Yeah. And the chicken coop is moving into the barn. Yes. So that they can participate in, in helping in some of the other systems, mm -hmm. plus so that uh, they've got a little better environment um, and out of the coop. So these chicks are getting started in the barn. 
in the new yeah, and so barn coop. <laughs> right. So even this winter, I'll get to let them out and they can roam the barn and help us uh, in a few different ways. So I'm That's really, I'm really, really excited about That's that. Really yep. What we're going to be doing there. Okay. Absolutely. Alrighty. So question of the day. Um, this is actually, we got a whole lot of questions uh, on this topic or several anyways, and it is about Carolyn's journal. Ah. A lot of you <laughs> were interested in that journal, where you got it and uh, what's in it. Yes. This is my book of secrets. <laughs> this is my special book. I have been recording my favorite recipes and notes on all sorts of things in here. I've got, oh, wow, I have so many amazing recipes in here. I can't even tell you. I've got years totals of, like, my canned amounts. I've counted up canning amounts. I have not done that the last year or two. I just canned so much that I kind of lost track. We've got things like Josh's... Um, Kielbasa Ooh, recipes. And we got to get back to that. Yeah. And our breakfast our, sausage. Our breakfast sausage recipes. So one day, guys, I am going to get this published for you. One day. <laughs> so you can see into this one day. That's, that's a far out project, but I'm still filling it for now with my super special secrets. Um, but the book itself was a gift from Josh. It came mm-hmm. from Colonel Littleton in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They do fine leather work. Mm-hmm. And um, I love it. You can see it's kind of well used and beat up. It's got stains all over it and everything. Um, really nice. The the only drawback I'd say on this is that it doesn't lay flat. Yeah. If the, you're in the kitchen, that's a little hard. They're they're internal. We've, we've got a couple of these, and and uh, these really booklets like are a little them. tough. Yeah. 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 They're very nice, and it'll but last a really long time. Colonel Littletons, if you look them up, uh, yeah. great uh, small leather. Um, High nice company. leather. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, good. that's that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. I wanted to share one comment by somebody though uh, about your about your talk a couple weeks ago. I okay. Think it was um, um, on the uh, how to put three homemade meals oh, on okay. the table, yeah. and I just this just summed up something we were talking about efficiency and production a little bit here and there. And chocolate box cottage sounds like a fun place. You'd like that. Oh, yeah. Chocolate Box you know, Cottage. You know who Chocolate Box Cottage is, don't you? Oh, no, I don't. You don't know? I don't. I'm <laughs> in the dark. That is Michelle, who is our moderator, one of our wow. wonderful trusty moderators. I did not know that. Hey, Michelle. Now I know. <laughs> our exclusive bread group for our class. In fact, I was going to give her a shout out today because mm-hmm. she just started a brand new YouTube channel and she has great content. You guys, getting a YouTube channel started is really it's hard. Really tough. Yep. So if you guys would do her a favor and jump over, I'll put a link link in to her her new channel. Do her a favor of subscribing to bump up that subscriber count. But you know what? You won't be disappointed because she's putting out great stuff. She's a master preserver, a master gardener, and I think a certified nutritionalist. Like wow. she is an amazing, amazing mm-hmm. person. She knows her stuff. And you will not be disappointed with her videos. So hop on over and give her a thumbs up. But what wow. did she well, say? Well, that was a great segue. You didn't even know. <laughs> I do. I know. <laughs> uh, Michelle said, turning our kitchen into centers of production is a key strategy. And she went on to a few other things. But I just right. loved that thought of thinking strategically about what we're doing and building skills and building up the homestead. And the kitchen really is the start. A lot of people think about homesteading and going out and growing everything. In yeah. animals, and, and of course it is. That's an yeah. integral part of it, producing our own. But if you don't have the skills and the strategy in the kitchen, mm-hmm. you're going to have problems if you're out here bringing everything in and connecting that loop. 
Right. And yeah. so um, this was also in regards to children and having children in the kitchen and mm -hmm. working with them. And so there's an overall strategy there, but I just thought that was a real poignant point and, and good, right. to, uh, just a good thing, a good thought there, Michelle. Well, it, it is a key strategy for the life and the things that we are all working towards. Right. Yeah. And if you don't have your, your kitchen working, most of the rest of the homestead is not going to work. Right. Because right? most of it comes back into the kitchen one way or another. So well, you end up with a really lot of waste. You end up with place. a lot of, right. um, you know, wasted effort, wasted yeah. food. Yeah. Um, if you don't have a good strategy there. Yeah. So it's very good. Yeah, and like including that. the kids in that really, you know, adds to that. It, it does. can help. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Cool. All right. Well, I think we can get on to main topic, building up your food storage. All right. And basically mm -hmm. this is just some strategy and some tips that we've employed over the years and learned right. to go from week to week grocery shopping mm -hmm. or even month to month grocery shopping to long-term storage and security. And that's uh, both uh, a great thing mm -hmm. in, in light of just some of our modern production systems right. and of an overall homestead lifestyle. Mm -hmm. it's, it's important. It's really integral. It is. It really is. And it doesn't mean that you can't go still grab a few fresh things at the store here and yeah. there. Sometimes yeah. that's nice. But it's building up that base supply of food in your home. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, first off, why would why? you want to stock up? Why, why do you want to do that if you have no. a grocery store just down the road? For us, the grocery store is half an hour away. So that's a great start mm -hmm. of a reason why. But for okay. some people, the grocery store is, you know, a block over. It doesn't take that long to get there. So yep. why would people want to stock up? Well, number one on our list is saving yourself money. Yes. Buying in bulk. Yeah. Stocking up saves you money. It absolutely saves money. But you want to, how? How? A couple of the ways. Yeah, so. well, but when you buy when you <laughs> buy in bulk, you end up saving money on that because it drops the per unit amount on whatever you're buying. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes that's simple as simple as doing something like going to Costco and you can go buy a big bulk package. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that needs more um, thinking behind it, like that buying fifty pound bags. Yeah, or something. There's, there's some resource development there to right. be able to do that, and we'll get into that a little bit more in a minute, but. Um, but you just end up saving a lot of money on the product itself. But I've got to say, you also spend a lot of, save a lot of money. There we go. Save a lot mm -hmm. of money on trips to the grocery store. I was, was, was going to pick that up. Know, yeah, yes. I don't know if you guys are that way, but especially if I'm shopping with kids, it's like, oh, let's grab a snack and let's grab yep. this. And then, oh, I needed that thing. I just didn't put it on the list. And wouldn't that be nice to have? It's like the obligatory extra 20 bucks at the grocery store every time I go or whatever right. it is. You know, if it's Walmart, it might be a little more Target or something. We don't yeah. even have one of those around here. Not really. But, Thankfully, because so it is a temptation just occasionally. A big save money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that, that thought of it, not only is it saving you dollars by getting a better price point per pound, yes. per volume, whatever it is. Um, and you're saving money with trips to the store, that leads right into saving you time is, yes. was the number two. Yes. In your, the time spent shopping, mm -hmm. right? You, it's not as many trips to the store. Yeah. And uh, it dramatically saves time, uh, especially if you start factoring and having kids because your mom, you got to take the kids with you or dad. I've plenty of times I've taken the kids in the Absolutely. store, whatever it is, um, that just takes time. And yeah. you're saving yourself time uh, figuring out your lists, and going and actually picking that food up. Absolutely. Good. Okay, so the number three reason you'd want to stock up on food is... I like this one. Food security. <laughs> this is a really good one. It really is. Yeah, it's yeah. really important. And we should all have a 
baseline of food storage in our homes right. somewhere just for food security. If you've been through hurricanes, if you've been, gosh, it's been a while, it seems like, since we've had a major earthquake in this country that's right. disrupted, but hurricanes, certainly tornadoes, um, even the fires in California, mm-hmm. uh, when you start having problems, the food on the shelves go fast. Yeah, in the grocery store. In the grocery yeah. store. Yep. And so there, there's just one reason right there to have food security uh, besides just our own being stocked up in the house and the flow of life. And because even outside of a big disaster like an earthquake or mm-hmm. a hurricane, you know, we all have those moments of little disaster. We all have those emergencies. We all have job loss and all of a sudden you don't have the income coming in yep. that you expected. There are all sorts of different things and having that food stocked up can really help buffer the effects of that. Well, and, and here's another one that really ties back to money a little bit that a lot of people don't think about. Our dollar is continually losing value. Right. Okay? Inflation is continually degrading the value of the dollar. Mm-hmm. Always. Something bought today at a good price that you can bulk up on and you don't have to buy it six months from now, mm-hmm. that may seem small, but it's better than money in a savings account. Your 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 money in your savings account doesn't earn anything anymore in a regular savings account. Mm-hmm. When you make a good purchase at a good price and you can hold on to that and use that out into the future, you're fighting those inflationary effects. Right. And so for me, that's a, that's a big one. That it is, is. It's a money saver and it's a security. It's a hedge. Yeah. Uh, against that. So. Well, and anybody who's been shopping for the last few years has really seen that because the prices oh. just are going up and yep. up, especially for good quality right. food. Yeah, so. yep, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, number four reason, I really like this one. You waste a lot less. You have mm-hmm. a lot less less waste. If you're buying in bulk or if you're producing something yourself, you're not getting all the waste from the little packages of things. Yep. You know, years ago, you and I started measuring some amount of our self-sufficiency by how much waste we were producing mm-hmm. and trying to decrease that. It's a great way to measure whether you're bringing in a lot of stuff or if you're producing it yourself because you just have a lot less waste when you produce it yourself or when you buy bulk. And we tend to think of, you know, using less energy and less waste a lot of times in light bulbs and energy usage. Right. It's true, but every bit of that packaging has an energy cost to it. Yes. Every bit of it. Yeah. Um, just like there's an energy cost to going back and forth to the store mm-hmm. more times. And so it's not only less waste in plastic, it's less waste in energy overall. The more of us can, can you know, and of course, producing for ourselves ties into this, but the more we can buy in bulk, you're, you're saving wasting less energy yeah I, I think another one and this is probably particular to us in a larger family is that you can tailor when you buy in bulk and you're therefore mm-hmm. taking your your food say your wheat or mm-hmm. whatever it is you can tailor it the sizes for the meal for that day or for the whatever, oh, yeah. whatever you're cooking right so you have less tendency to over you know make something overproduce something and yeah. not use it and let it go to waste yeah so. yeah i like that thought yeah. i haven't thought of that one Cool. So those those are our key four. There's probably some other ones we could come up with, but uh, good reasons why it's a good idea to start down this journey yeah. of, of um, stocking up and building up an extended food storage. Right. Okay. So as we get into the particulars of how to do yep. this, how to stock up, we've come up with five different rules that you really need to consider, follow, pay attention to, yeah. at least acknowledge before you start stocking up on food. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me take it. Yep. Okay. Rule number one: stock up on what you will and do actually eat. This Don't just seems go buy silly. a bunch of dried <laughs> goods that are going right. to go in the back somewhere that you're not interested in. If you don't eat canned asparagus, don't. <laughs> 
put a bunch of it on yourself. You're not going to like it later any more than you like it now. So, you know, just make sure that you are actually filling yourselves with things that you do eat, you want to eat, you like eating, your family will eat, all of those things. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that seems so obvious to say, but so many times I've heard from people who are like, I got all this stuff. What I don't like it. What do right, I do with it yeah. now? You know, they just want, went and bought a bunch of bulk stuff to have yeah, some to have security on the shelf right. or an emergency or whatever, and they yeah. don't really think about how useful it was. And so I don't know if we talk about it later in here because when you do that, that fits into a rotation, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so you're always using your bulk stuff. You're if not just you're piling always it eating off of your bulk supply, then that's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a good way to go. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. Rule number two: stock up on ingredients. To pantry meals first, so you have a backup. Would you explain that? Okay, all right. That was my note. <laughs> so a pantry meal, something that you can make right out of your pantry because mm-hmm. you have all your ingredients. Like okay. A classic example of that would be spaghetti. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your noodles, you've got your spaghetti sauce, you've got a meal, maybe you have some canned meat ready to go, and you have a meal that can come straight out of your pantry. Okay. You don't need additional ingredients. Make sure that as you start stocking up, you think through a few meals that your family would eat normally and make sure you stock up on some of those things first so that you're giving yourself a backup. And this is really important because that means you will save money on going out to take out mm-hmm. or buying the convenience meals from the grocery store, things like that at last minute moments. That'll give you more money to get more food supplies next month. Right. Absolutely. So really and we'll, and we'll talk really about hard. ways to stock up a strategy here in a minute, yeah, which will help think about right. how to do that, because that, that can be a challenge. Yeah, it really can. Uh, how to enter into that because the purchases are larger. Yes. And so that's hard on the budget to, to get yeah. started. Yep. Um, but keep things moving along here. Rule number three, prepare your storage space and or method before you stock up. Right. We spent a whole pantry chat on that last week. Yep. So go watch that one. But make sure you have something to do with the bulk amounts of food you're bringing in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's as simple as that, you know. And But let, let me segue. It doesn't have to be perfectly ideal. No, okay? it doesn't. Say, say, say you're going to get a bunch of uh, winter punk, you know, storage squash, sorry, there winter squash, pumpkins, <laughs> and you don't really have the ideal place for it. You can still find niches and places to right. You can buy apples in bulk and find places for yes. it, you know, root crops. There's a lot of things, whether you're growing them or, um, you know, finding a deal and buying in bulk. You don't have to have the ideals, but you do want to plan ahead of what you're going to do. You don't want to go home and, you know, go buy 150 pounds of potatoes and then come home and figure out what to do. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. Think okay. about it beforehand. Okay. And rule number four. Change to a producer mindset. Uh, start learning to buy bulk and or, and it would be a and, grow and raise your own food. So that you can make mostly, your own. Yeah, mostly your ingredients, right? So mm-hmm. if you're buying things or if you're raising them, buy the ingredients to something and, and make your own. And that's own. where you're going to have a lot of savings. That's where you're going to have right? a lot of money right. savings. Instead of trying to buy bread in bulk, it's a lot more cost effective to br- buy in wheat, whole yep. wheat, and make your own bread. Not only are you going to end up with a better product, you're going to end up with a fresher product in the end and... It's going to be a lot, a lot cheaper. So. And, you know, I want to say again, and we've talked about this from time to time, buying in bulk is a great skill set for entering into the homesteading lifestyle. Right. Uh, if you're not there yet and you're working on transitioning and you're thinking about where do you put your resources right now, how do you build skills? 
buying bulk is huge. Not only does it save you money, it teaches you a skill because things are seasonal. On mm -hmm. the farm, your meat comes in all in bulk. Your vegetables right. come in all in bulk. You want to buy your feed at a certain time of the year. There's so many things that happen in bigger batches, mm -hmm. and you have to learn how to produce that way and consume that way. Right. So even if you're not producing, by buying in bulk and getting into that mindset and that skill, you're producing a lot of skills that are very uh, conducive and needed to um, furthering the homesteading lifestyle. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Okay, so okay, one more. Five. That's right. Um, know how long what you're buying is going to last and buy appropriately. Some things are yes. going to last longer than others. So you got to consider that. You probably Yeah, have if you're some buying something like dry beans, those will last just fine in a bucket on your shelf for you know, five years. You can buy a lot of dried beans and have them last a long time. As long time. as they stay dry. In some, uh, yes, some environments, yes. they may need to be If you take good care yeah, of them. they may need to be sealed or something. Right, but you know, if you're buying olive oil, you don't want that sitting on your shelf for five years. Mm -hmm. It's going to go rancid. No matter, it's how, it's, no matter how it is Exactly. Uh, you need to be buying that at least every year from a good source, maybe even more often if your storage you know, area is not ideal. So. Right. So know what it is you're buying, know how much of it you are going to consume in its good period right. and only get that amount. Good. Good. Great. So, okay, there's okay. some how-to. Now we want to talk about ways to starting to stock up, ways to get this going. Right. right? So this is kind of our countdown to our favorite ways. We have four ways to stock up here. Mm -hmm. And, okay, number four is... Buying the buying, buying more packages. Okay, buying more packages. Buy That's more right. packages. That does not mean go buy more packages than you're already buying, but it does mean if you're going to the store to buy something, instead of just getting one of them that will get you through, you know, a few days, mm -hmm. maybe a week, maybe even a month, buy two, buy three, buy four. Stock up on your shelf and get ahead a little bit. That way, you start always having a rotation where you say. Oh, I'm down to three of these things. I need to buy a few more. Right. And that just makes sure you always have the supply. You're never running out. This this helps with your budget, too, because you have to start budgeting differently when you buy in bulk. Yes. And so going out and buying 50 pounds or 100 pounds of something can be challenging all of a sudden. You say, okay, I'm going to start buying in bulk. And you start doing that. You're like, whoa, this is a big bill. Is it? Yeah. And it, and it is. And so transitioning the way Carolyn's talking about, and at first, keep buying the small thing you were buying, but maybe buy double. Yeah. You know, right. And then the next time you can afford it, buy a little bit more and, and, and you start to condition yourself and your budget. Mm -hmm. You can start budgeting for that and work up to those larger purchases that are right. really required to do bulk buying well. Yeah. Yeah, and, absolutely. And by, by buying those more packages. Well, and another thing that we I think we touched on in last week's video a little mm -hmm. bit is that when you start bringing in bulk things, your storage systems have to change. And sometimes that means you need to purchase um, mm -hmm. containers or something to buy, to, to store large amounts. Right. And so if you do that kind of gradually, it spreads out that cost yeah. a little bit, and, which and, is a good and, thing. and work up to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, I think we're going here yep, next. Okay. Next is? To buy bulk packages. Yeah. Move up in size. Now, sometimes grocery stores have bulk package aisles. And by bulk packages. So like Costco, the Costco idea. Is that sometimes what Costco has big bags of things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have yeah. a bunch of little things packaged together. Sure. The little things packaged together kind of counts as the buy more, right? right? The big bags of things, that's where your real cost saving comes in. That is the bulk packages. Now, a place like Costco, other um, box stores sometimes has mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Yep. But 
You can also look into one, your local food co-op, go to your local health food store and ask about bulk buying opportunities. There may be a group in your town, a lot of places there are groups that order directly from bulk buying companies. You got to dig for that sometimes to find that. So don't don't just take one or two answers and think it doesn't exist. Sometimes it's just not. Ask on your local Facebook groups. Just start asking around where can I buy bulk foods? Another one to look into is Azure Standard. We mm-hmm. love Azure Standard, yep. and um, that is a bulk buying opportunity where yeah. you they deliver to your town. You go meet the truck and get your bulk foods. It's a really and that's a wonderful really system. Idea. It really you know, is. I, I wish there was more localized suppliers like them, mm-hmm. um, but they've just done it so well, and they're one of the few that do what they do. And so it's a great entry place. It really and, is. and we we still rely on them. We from still time buy. To time. You know, there's things we don't produce, mm-hmm. and we buy them from them. Yep. So absolutely, uh, yeah, real good. So um, those are some great ways to get some bulk packages. And in bulk buying, that's one of those places you really have to make sure you have your packaging ready. Okay, Don't go buy a bunch of 50-pound bags of your storage ready. Your storage yeah, packaging, okay. yeah, for when right. it comes in the house because right. you can't you just leave it? those things in the bags. Especially, especially a lot of your grains. Like we buy all our grains in bulk, our mm-hmm. sugar, right. our salt, our flour, our rice, our beans, our coffee. You can't, I mean, you can, but it doesn't work well to just leave them in the backs. Uh, yeah, that, you end up with just, pest problems. It, pest problems, a Moisture mass, problems, yeah. dirt so problems. So you need yeah. that storage solution yeah. first. Yeah, so look into okay. that before you get going on that. Absolutely. We'll put the, try to put the link to Azure Standard down since we mentioned good. that. Sounds okay. good. Okay, so next would be to buy bulk from a local producer in season right. and preserve and store. So this is our second favorite option for bulking up your food supply, right? Mm-hmm. Find a local producer. And this this can be for meats, this be vegetables, mm-hmm. depending on where you live, grains. Most mm-hmm. most places today, there's going to be some relatively local producer for quality meats and quality vegetables. Right. You know, that, that's just growing Dairy. more and more. Dairy, that's right. growing more and more. And so yeah. there's lots of different ways to put that up and mm-hmm. store it bulk. Um, and uh, the, then you have your grains and a lot of those that, depending on where you're at, you may or may not. That's those, that's very regional. Right. And so that may be harder, and you may need even to, to buy in bulk Azure Standard or some co-op like yeah, that. Yeah, and sometimes communities get together and do a mm-hmm. really big order yep. and truck it in from a farmer who's yeah. further away. Um, we know that happens here quite a bit, and that yeah. works out really well yeah. if you can get a community together. Now, what comes with it, though, is that you do have to preserve food if you're buying fresh food, fresh produce mm-hmm. in bulk yep. in season, which is a great way to do. But you do need to learn how to You've preserve gotta the food. you got to be ready to preserve yeah. it, to, to can it, to dehydrate it, to... Um, Freeze it, ferment yeah, it. Yeah, and, and this is one people keep talking about. Freeze drying it. Freeze drying it. Yeah, that's this is something we will get into eventually, but we feel the the entry cost at yeah, this point is still, still really too high, high to make it worthwhile for our worthwhile and for most of you. Mm-hmm. But it's getting there. It's coming down, and and it is it's an awesome food preservation method. It, it's yeah. a little energy intensive, but you want to talk about you know storing some of those other foods, fresh foods that yeah. are hard to store long term, other than canning, which is great. I, I want to do avocados. Freeze-dried. Yeah. yeah. There's just no other way to do avocados <laughs> right. that are yeah. good. Yeah. So, yeah. So, for those yeah. of you that are thinking of that, yes, mm-hmm. that is an excellent option other right. than the energy consumption and the price points to enter. Yeah. So, we plan to do that eventually, but right. still waiting for those prices. You'll <laughs> to come down and, a little bit. Improve okay. the technology. Drum yep. roll. Our number uh, one. Is this can a you surprise? Guess? <laughs> can you guys guess it? What's their number one method for stocking up your food storage? I know, you I know. know. <laughs> you, young lady, pretty young lady. Grow your own. That's Grow right. your own food. Yep. 
Start to grow your it. own and preserve your own. Yeah. None of us can do all of that for no. ourselves, 100% of it, but, but a lot of us can do Something. a lot of it. Something yeah. to a lot of it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, You're going to get the best nutrition, the best value for your money put in, the best other benefits yep. like being out in fresh air so it's a really good way to go absolutely and uh, that's a journey so just keep hanging with us and we'll keep talking about all that because that's what we like to do we really do okay before we wrap this up we okay. talked about a method helping people the economics mm-hmm. we talked about why we talked about why yeah if we were recapping oh yeah. okay were you uh, sorry, no i, I wasn't were... recapping okay. i was saying we promised to talk about okay the economics and how to get started okay. on buying bulk because sometimes you go to buy that 50-pound bag of beans, it's more expensive than a one-pound bag of beans. That right, you might and, be and, and it doesn't fit in the budget to it, start. Right, it right. might not. So mm-hmm. how do we do that to make that worthwhile? Well, you got to have a strategy, Yeah. and you have to start small, uh-huh. right? So I think you, who you handle the food budget, right. so you start to just increase little bits of that food budget. Is that how you've done so it? So as you stock up, yeah. Mm-hmm. As you stock up, you have one less thing that you have to buy every month. Because right. you, that 50-pound bag is going to last you a long time if right. you're used to buying one-pound bags every month. So then all of a sudden, you have one less thing you have to buy. So you can roll the money you would have spent on that one pound of beans into buying something else bulk. Right. Doing it that way, starting to bulk up on a new thing every month, is a great way to get into it without spending too much money on it. And that's yep. a great entryway for it. And, and you just start to grow that. And another thing I would add is consider seasonality when you're picking what things, yes. you know, start start bulking up on certain things in their season. Right. And that just starts to get you into a rhythm and you'll grow into that as you can increase that. And it just means that the, the other side you have to do is you have to start to save a little bit. You can't yeah. roll it just all over. You've started to got to put a few dollars away every time yeah. so that, that those purchases continue to get larger and larger mm-hmm. until you can get to the cycle that you want. We kind of aim for a one-year cycle generally, yeah. right? Um, but whatever that is for you, six months, a year, for some people, maybe it's longer. Yeah. Um, but you, you need to be able to save a little bit at the same right. time as you're increasing other ones so that you can keep growing. And so little little steps along. along. You've heard us say start small. Mm-hmm. It's a great place to start small and with a good strategy, you will just increase your food storage and your ability to take advantage of better deals and all kinds of stuff. It really, yeah, really. Yeah. It, it grows really quickly if you can just be consistent but chip away at it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pantry Chat, Food for Thought. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. To view the show notes and any other resources mentioned on this episode, you can learn more at homesteadingfamily.com slash podcast. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.